right. So it's uh, the end of a show right now. And uh, Chris is going to pour the Honey Nut Cheerios into the bowl. He gets about half of the bowl. He's got a spoon on the left side, and he's got Almond Breeze Milk. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Okay, I, I, I never thought I would begin a podcast by asking this particular question, but have you ever heard of a Croatian tennis player named Alexandra Olnikova? Of course. No, I don't, I don't have no clue who that is. Okay, you better not have, because she, while she is a professional tennis player, in the latest WTA uh, world ranking, she is ranked number 778. So she's the Greg Cody Show equivalent. Uh, well, we we generally rank higher than that in the actually. sports in the sports division. <laughs> Correct, yes. But what she did this week uh, bears speaking about because it's both repulsive and fascinating to me. Uh, she sold at an auction. She sold exclusive lifetime ownership of a small piece of her right arm for around five thousand dollars. Piece of her right arm or skin? Well, her skin. Okay. But you know, it, she's twenty years old. And she auctioned off exclusive lifetime ownership of a 15-centimeter section of skin on her right inside elbow for NFT, the the non-fungible tokens. And that's just under six square inches, so it's not like a postage stamp. It's a fairly big little chunk of her skin. Are we like snakes? Will it grow back? What it means is whoever bought that now owns that small surface of her skin and can do anything they want with it. They can say hey have a have a flower tattoo color it pink I mean, most do people whatever are in this you know game to flip it right like you say hey i got this cool thing from this tennis player you find a big tennis you right. find a big fan of hers boom a little profit a little profit yes. ski right and if she wins if she wins a tournament then theoretically this uh you know piece of of uh, personal real estate uh, virgins and all of a sudden it's worth double the money i don't really understand I feel any like I know of this, where this but is going um, go ahead you can What's say that? I can, just, okay. I, I can read you well, off like a book. <laughs> I do see there a revenue go. stream Greg here Cody. for now Greg Cody. Cody's going to be okay. selling skin. Are you going to have some skin in the game? I, literally, yeah. I think my, you know, based on uh, on Levitard show appearances and everything, I, I think the most valuable piece of my body might be one of the, the toenails on my great toes. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to auction off at a starting point of $5,000 uh, my left great oh. toenail. What that means is that the winner oh. of this auction has lifetime rights for the rest of my life, whatever that may be, to my left great toenail. So the the, the owner, the winner, can tell me paint it orange. He oh. can tell me paint it with black stripes. He can tell me let it grow. I want it to be four inches long. It. Well, we're going to have to negotiate. Uh, I think there will be a, a yearly visitation. What? Where the, the the person can actually visit my toenail, no biting allowed, but touching is Wait okay. I was misunderstanding this. Like I was assuming that the skin they're like scraping skin off and and like it's like something they're actually getting. No, she's just like no, she's stays selling on... her skin like property. Right. That, this is a totally different ball game. I was I was totally confused. I was a mat. I might be okay. the dumb one here. Maybe the audience is with you and everyone's laughing at me now. But I was assuming that we were. Like scraping off skin and like somehow transporting that, and like now this person has physical skin. 
Oh my god, how bizarre. I mean, this is all bizarre. Oh, what are you insane? It's just completely normal that they're just instead selling it like real estate. (laughs) No, but it's more normal than literally peeling off a a layer of skin and sending it. What am I going to take off my toenail? I'm going to have my. That would be painful losing it. It grows back, though. My my saying is there's like. What I'm telling you is that there's money to be made here. If people will pay for your physical toenail. That's a point. You know. You cut it yeah. off, you let it grow, cut it off, sell it, and then you're 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 recycling. Yeah, unfortunately, I just trimmed my great toenails. Uh, not throwing two money weeks out the ago, door, which I probably shouldn't have done. I am throwing money out the door. Uh, but here's an example: in in Ireland, you can actually buy. I read this recently. You can buy one square foot of Ireland. Yeah, one square foot of real that. estate I always see in that Ireland. On Instagram. It's like, hey, would you like to buy a little piece right. of land? It's like, no, I'm not falling for your scam. But here's the gimmick, though. If you buy that square foot of land in Ireland, you are legally permitted to refer to yourself as a lord or lady. Oh. So I could be lord. I could my official title could be Lord Greg Cody if I you bought a square foot of land. You should start selling square feet of your backyard. <laughs> I'm serious. People would probably pay for that. <laughs> like like the uh, I, I once bought a, a piece of a uh, paint chip off the Green Monster in Did Fenway you? Park. I still have Where it somewhere. It? It's framed. It's in my house somewhere, you know. You don't have it, that. It's a, no, I, I swear week, on my I want life. you to have that for the podcast. I'm going to look for it. I don't know where on earth it is, but um, I'm going to look for it. But at any rate, uh, let's move on from Alexandra Onyakova. What show is this? Oh, yeah. It's the Greg Cody show with <laughs> Greg Cody. <laughs> I'm just imagining somebody driving in their car on Sirius XM just listening to the last five minutes of us like, do these people know they're on the air? Like, they haven't addressed me? Like, what kind of show is this? I sort of like that. I like forgetting that I'm on the air. Levitar's always accusing me of doing that, of, of talking into a mic in a way that is if I'm on the phone call right. with him or something, you know. But And by the way, now is the time to tease our guest today because I, I know... Every time we have a guest on the show, I always say our special guest like and all that. But this again, one, I, like. I know, but this one, you would agree, I think, is a special guest. He's um, What I can say is, if you've followed sports for the last 50 years and watched it on TV, this guy has been part of the soundtrack of your life. He's the great broadcaster Dick Stockton, who recently announced his retirement. And we have a delightful conversation with him it's all over the map uh he he ends up our conversation by breaking into song it's just something you really want to listen to i thought it went really well um before we get to dick stockton however uh and before we move on from this opening i want to mention um the gruesome uh habit of uh teams selling their soul by changing the name of their stadium to corporate names which we've seen in south florida recently the heat have done it uh they went they are now ftx arena after a um cryptocurrency company i believe and then the more recently the miami marlins they had a beautifully descriptive name marlins park but they couldn't leave that alone and they are now loan known and loan as loan depot park the ld and i will never refer to that it's always going to be mark what do you mean no no here's the thing that's one of the advantages of, of, of being a sports columnist as opposed to a beat writer. The beat writers have to write Lone Depot Park. I am entitled to write, it's still Marlins Park to me, but and like, get away with it. And that's what I'm going to do. What does this mean? What, are, what is this? I'm making my little stand. Look, Lone Depot, which is a California mortgage company, Lone Depot is paying the Marlins a lot of money for them and for TV broadcast rights holders to officially use that name. Lone Depot ain't paying me no money. 
you would let some if if somebody offered you a hundred grand a year to call your house, um, you know, McDonald's house instead of Greg's house, like <laughs> you would do it. Like why why are we hating people for you know making money? First of all, there already is a McDonald's house that cares for uh, children with life threatening injuries, but and illnesses more more than injuries. I will say this: the one good thing that I will admit is that in sports, the corporate naming. While it's gruesome, and I hate it, and always will, I will acknowledge it's an it's become a necessary evil. Okay, the Miami Marlins this year um, have three main revenue streams that they didn't have last year. Uh, one is that they're allowing fans back in the stadium, not a lot of fans, but some. Two is that their TV rights doubled uh, with a renegotiated contract, and three is that they now have this revenue stream from corporate naming rights. So. The good of it is that the Marlins now have no excuse not to increase uh, their payroll. And I've I've written this. Look, let me just finish my thought. The Marlins right now have one of the lowest payrolls in the league. Everybody else in the NL East is way outspending the Marlins. Okay, they've had excuses for that. They don't now. Beginning next year, beginning next offseason, they got to be a big player in free agency, and part of that is I these I feel like rights. you just made the argument I was supposed to make against your take. Like, like I just heard two different arguments, and I agree with the second one. Like, that's why you do that. Like, I don't get your putting your flag in the sand and just be like, why are you against a team that has struggled to draw fans, like, especially when they were able to have a full stadium? You know, like they need right. money to come in, especially if you want them to like, you can't write that, hey, I want this team to spend money and then be like, well, why are they trying to generate more revenue? Maybe so they can spend more money. Yeah. Let's see if they do now. I'm with let's you. See if they we do. can criticize uh, them if two years from now they haven't like, you know, gone out and got to get somebody. But I just, right. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love the LD. I mean, Larry David, that's a good, I feel like of all the letter combinations <laughs> you can be, I'm a CC. It doesn't really, that doesn't, I like LD. Yeah. The LD. Yeah, I'd rather call it Larry David I'm, I'm, Park. But I'm sure than, you, I'm sure uh, you Lone called it the AAA. No, I would use I would generally call it the Heat's Bayside oh, Arena or the Heat I'm Downtown have to Arena. Check articles. Generally speaking, I use generic names. Man, I, I call it Dolphin Stadium. I don't have to call oh, it Hard Rock. Rock Stadium. Hard Rock ain't paying me. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I have sometimes I have referred do, to it do as you the do Rock. This at rest- I will say that because of all do the. Do you do this at restaurants? Do you go into restaurants and you're like, I'm not calling this place Vignettos. I'm going to call it Steve's Restaurant. Like, what? Like, what, like, what are you <laughs> no. doing? Look, sports is. I could do a whole podcast on this because it's under my skin. The skin that I'll be auctioning off for $5,000. <laughs> um, the, the, the thing is, sports is overboard with this, okay? Because it trickles down. It's not just the stadium name, it's. The seventh inning stretch sponsored no, by such that's... and such. It's the pitching. It's the pitching change sponsored by such and such. It, it's it's this is out of hand. Time. This and is pretty not soon, the time to make this yeah. argument because teams are hurting. It's been rough for all industries the last year. Like this is. Not, I feel like this. If 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 ever, I understand teams selling everything right now. Like you're seeing at these right. hockey games because like the first ten rows are like blocked off at Panthers games. You see sure. every section has an ad on it. But I'm like, I get it. Like, it's hard out here right now. Like, I just, why are we, like, you know, why are we doing, like, let the teams, this has been a rough go of it. Yeah, can okay. they not make some, try to make okay. some money all, like, any way they can right now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we're not drawing the line anywhere. And uh, and pretty soon it's going to be the Mi- <clears throat> the Miami Marlins presented by Chevrolet facing the, the New York Yankees sponsored by, um, well, like that, that, the line yeah, like would be crossed. Then it it hasn't crossed for me yet. 
it sort of crosses for me when when beautifully named Marlins Park it wasn't that beautiful the name is all of a sudden Lone Depot Park. And by the way, Lone Depot not only doesn't capitalize the L on loan, they're now trying not to capitalize the P in Park. What are you doing, Lone Depot? Why are you trying to change everything? The grammar, the language, capitalization. It's ridiculous. I'm, 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 right, I'm let with me quit, Randy. I like you, LD. Hey, before we get to Dick Stockton, I want to um, hit on something that's been in the news uh, recently. Uh, Major League Baseball decided to remove the 2021 All-Star Game out of Atlanta um, because of Georgia's recently passed voter suppression law. And um, I, I hate that this is seen as political by a lot of people because, you know, I, it seems obvious that that we should be in favor of uh, making it easier for people to vote, for all people to vote and not making it more difficult and, and doing ridiculous things like like not allowing, you know, people to hand out water uh, when people are waiting in long lines to vote under a hot sun. It's just ridiculous to me. And. Uh, for, for me, it, it should be a unilateral thing. Uh, voting rights equal democracy. And um, that's the way I feel. I hope I'm not offending anybody. But uh, but I think baseball did a good thing. And, and I don't mind it when sports leagues and businesses um, are proactive in stuff like this to try to influence um, stuff that they don't believe in um, or that they do believe in. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox real quick. And, uh, and we're going to go to Dick Stockton. Dickie S, as I call him. Legendary broadcaster Dick Stockton. D-Stock. As a quick aside, it's, a, it, it's a, a cheap thrill for me to actually see you on a Zoom screen after watching you on television for the last 50 years. That's kind of neat. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I've, uh, I live in Boca, so obviously, uh, you know, I've been reading what you've written about a million things and uh, done a great job you're in your own right. So I congratulate you because, you know, this is actually, I wanted to, you know, my, I wanted to be a sports writer. I don't know if you read any of this stuff when I was a kid growing up and I'm, I'm, I'm despondent that I didn't do it. And now I had to suffer through a career like that. So. <laughs> may, may I say, I think you made the right uh, career choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see my writing. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I've seen I've seen you on the air, and I've seen the direction uh, print journalism is going. So I think uh, that's too bad. I, I think you know. I think you made the right call. Uh, I tell you, Dick, uh, we're, we're having you on because you just announced your retirement uh, after some fifty-five years on the air. So I want to start by saying, why now? You know, right now, Greg, it's time, and um, you know, it has nothing to do with uh, just seeing how far I could go because physically. Uh, and mentally, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm still sharp, uh, you know, for a lot of reasons and, uh, and I can do it physically. I just don't need it anymore. Let me put it, uh, that's probably the best way I can do it. I mean, I know that my wife and I would like to travel, you know, when Europe opens up in the fall, I haven't in the autumn traveled overseas in 50 years. Uh, it's a good time to go. Uh, there are a lot of things I, I do with my life. And I've always said that broadcasting was what I did, not who I am. And so uh, I was not one of those people that were going to say, well, you, he's going, you're going to have to drag him feet first out of the booth when he leaves. For some reason, I associate you uh, with the Red Sox for, for a couple of reasons. And, and I want to mention that uh, I grew up, uh, uh, Carter Stremsky was my boyhood idol. The 67 Miracle Red Sox, Impossible Dream Red Sox turned me on to sports. And in 1975, 
in the fall during the World Series. Uh, I'm, I'm a Red Sox diehard who had just turned 21, and I'm listening to your call of the World Series game. And and, and of course, you you must know I'm I'm leading up to to Game Six where Carlton Fisk had the famous wave it fair mm-hmm. home run. That was a thin line call that could have been disaster for me. Here was Fisk coming up in the bottom of the 12th inning, a really a thrilling game. And uh, that game turned out to be a magical game for a lot of reasons. The Red Sox led 3 nothing, and then it was 3-3, and then 6-3. And then, anyway, Bernie Carbo hits a home run to tie to tie the game, and it's 6-6, and they go into extra innings, and there are so many dramatic moments in those extra innings before the 12th inning. But then in the bottom of the 12th inning, Fisk comes up, the count is 1-0, and the next pitch, he lines down the left field line. Now, you can't rhapsodize one of those towering fly balls deep to left or center field and say, it could be, back goes Jones, and it's gone. You couldn't do that. Right. It was a line shot down the line. So you rely on your instincts there. And that's what I did, even at age 32. And I said, the first thing I had to say is that if it stays fair, home run. That's all I did, home run, when the umpire signaled, because it was very close down the line. And uh, I did not say another word while Fisk rounded the bases because the crowd noise and the pictures from Harry Coyle, the director, then showed the, you know Fisk waving it from the scoreboard shot camera that he had. And I said, there will be a seventh game for this World Series as Fisk entered the dugouts. But, you know, Greg, it was one of those things where if I had said foul ball before I knew it and it's a home run, my career would have ended prematurely if i would have said home run and it was a foul ball the same thing so it was an instinctive line drive if it stays fair the umpire signals home run and the red sox win the game and that's so that's what happened i always love when broadcasters let moments like that breathe and i always wonder if that's something that you have planned or and i wonder when it's happening and you're letting it breathe is the producer in your ear like going now going now or you're just like it's all on you for when to come back in well, it's a good question there because number one, nothing's planned. You don't plan anything. If you plan anything in a live broadcast, which is a, a blank screen that you fill in the words, if you plan anything, it's going to come off really bad. And that happened to me one time, okay, where I planned something and it fell so flat, it was like it was the worst thing I ever did. It was during an NCAA tournament game. And uh, I can always tell you what that was. But, uh, you know, in this case, Producers don't tell you what to say and when to talk, okay? Or if they do, you don't listen to them. So uh, <laughs> nobody tells you to talk. Usually, producers will tell you to, as we use the term, lay out. Don't say anything. And in that time, nobody had that phrase, lay out yet, where you would just keep quiet. It was just instinctive, like everything else you do. And sometimes your instincts are right, sometimes they're wrong. But when the, when you say home run... Uh, and, and Fisk is running around and John Kiley at the organ is playing the hallelujah chorus. What words are you going to say? And there are too many broadcasts <laughs> and you see them and I see them today. They try to, they scream and they have words and they're saying something. And it's ridiculous because no words are any ever any better than the pictures. Now I'm talking about television now, pictures and the sounds from the field. The idea that you just let that moment play out on its own. You gave me, a 21-year-old kid in West Hollywood, Florida at the time, time to take all that in. I, I was fighting tears during that. And then mm-hmm. 
eventually you the next sound you made was we will have a seventh game in this 1975 world series and it was just so dramatic and i i thank you for that moment uh, thank you all the all these years later the dog finds it moving as well is that a dog Bark yes, it is. I, I will. Isn't it? I will send my. I didn't know whether it was a dog or a grandbaby. I didn't no, know no, what we were no, listening no. to there. <laughs> it's, it's our fourteen-year-old uh, Aussie Shepherd. Okay, it's actually a, a review by uh, the dog on how how we're how I'm doing on this uh, podcast. Think, exactly. You know? Was it a favorable review? Because I don't speak dog. I don't, like I you don't do. know. I have to I have to ask him later on. He's shaking okay. his head no. So I think I think it's okay. We're speaking with uh, the great Dick Stockton, uh, broadcaster extraordinaire, who just announced his retirement. Now, I produce a, a live radio show. I'm just curious, the most frustrated Dick Stockton ever got with either a, a broadcast partner or a production person, whether it may be in a playful way, but just like, you know, where they uh, didn't help no, you out. No, and they're not supposed to help you out. I mean, I don't need any help. I'm watching the game. And first of all, if you're producing talk shows, uh, versus games, that's a different story because you can always say right because I'm feeding I'm feeding co-hosts. Right. So you may want to do that, sometimes. but uh, yeah. the only problem I I think that I ever have with analysts and, and one of the things that I mentored most uh, just about everyone that that does games at Fox from Troy Aikman on down and and others who are new at the job and uh, is that I'm going to give them all the room in the world to speak. They don't have to tailor their broadcast to me. In other words, you don't have to say, well, you know, I don't want to interfere with you, your style or your way of doing it. I, don't worry about it. You just say what you see and don't worry about me. I just have to call the play. But I have to call the play. So don't call. Don't talk into the play. That is definitely a no-no. And, and if they did that too much, that would be a, a, a bit annoying because they have all the time. Because when a play is over, I'm, I'm done. I don't keep talking once the play is over. I don't give any information. I don't do stats. I hate stats They're for the graphics <laughs> for people to read on the TV. Announcers, and I will say this, announcers who talk about games in the form of statistics don't know the game. You were preaching to the converted there. I, I've thought that for years. Um, I, I love it. I just saw a graphic on TV the other day. It was refer, referring to one of the NCAA Final Four teams. And it was so and so last made the final four in 2018. Yeah, right. That's... All right, those are the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, if it's if it's 1918, then that's worth saying on a graphic. No, no, they <clears throat> they overdo that. See, everyone, and when they force it on, but I blame the producer for saying, "Let's get this graphic on the air," because he's the one that decides what's on the screen. These, I mean, these producers, we gotta we gotta be we gotta prove our worth. Right? I mean, what are we doing back here ah, if we're not see, you know, thinking of interesting stats No, here. you don't have to prove. Just do the job. You don't have to prove your worth. I know you're kidding here. Uh, you know, it's like it's like announcers who say, you know, hey, they're paying me to talk, so I'm going to talk a lot. I'm going to ramble. And you know what happens when people talk too much? No one's listening to anything they say. Dick, of course, Dolphin fans down here know well that uh, you've been a, a preseason voice of that team for, what did you do it for, 10 or 11 years? 10 years, right? yeah. Yeah, 10 years. Ten years. Um, how did that come about? And, and also, to the present, I wonder if you have any, any thoughts on Tua. Well, that's a good question. I've done like nine teams preseason games, uh, you know, for, for many years. And I live here. And so, uh, you know, one of the executives said to me a decade ago, you know, how would you like to do our preseason game? And they had, they had some good broadcasters, don't get me wrong. 
And I said, I'd love to do it. And that's how I started. And I started doing it that way. Um, you're going to ask me about Tua. Tua. Um, Tua, you know, is in the same category of a, of, of a uh, Kyler Murray, uh, Lamar Jackson. We know the, the ilk of, of those running quarterbacks and their, their threat. I think all of those quarterbacks have to develop into pocket passers first. And if they don't, I think that it's going to be very tough because we, as we saw with Lamar Jackson, who's a very talented guy, if he has a playoff game where he runs 46 yards and he gets a fine, if he's cut down, doesn't run, if, if he can't get the ball down in the air and stay in the pocket, it's a problem. And I've seen Murray in, in, uh, in, in Arizona, uh, and I think they're all talented. If the first uh, receiver isn't there, he takes off. And they can say exciting all you want, but, you know, the name of the game is to be consistent and win. Uh, Russell Wilson, who was a great runner, developed into a, into a passer who's good in the pocket. My, uh, Maddie, my dog, may not like Russell Wilson as much as, as he's done. Yeah. But so I think that they have to – that these quarterbacks who are, are the so-called quarterbacks who can run or an athletic have to develop the skills. I love uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo, uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, I, I like, uh, you know, the guy from San Diego, uh, I'm sorry, from LA, the Chargers, uh, Herbert, he's, he's good. They're good young quarterbacks. So I think they're, they're, they're very good. Um, I do want to say this and you haven't asked me about him. I'm very impressed with Brian Flores. And I said that, I think he, I think he's, uh, maybe the best of all of the former Patriot coaches because he's, he's one of the few who didn't come in trying to be Bill Belichick as we've seen with Patricia in Detroit and some of the other people. And I think that his instincts and his way of developing and his way of handling players is, 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 is fascinating. And I think it's, it's uh, I, th I think he's a winner and I think he's, he's proven a lot of that already, Greg. And I think he has done that. Dick, I appreciate you volunteering that because that's worth saying. Um, I'm going to let you go. I could speak to you all day, but uh, we don't want to keep you too long. I do have a couple of more super quick questions. Uh, you were uh, born Richard Stofkis, and, and well, it was S-T-O-K-V-I-S. Uh... Oh, my, my apologies. No problem. And... No worry. So that's and... why that's why my, my boss in Philadelphia wanted me <laughs> wanted a different name. Okay. <laughs> you just born. Yeah, he he you uh... just gave Exhibit A. Greg. I did <laughs> almost as if I did it intentionally, which I didn't. Now, Dick Stockton worked out famously for you as a moniker, but I'm curious what your mom and dad thought about some guy trying to change your name well you know he just we were it was a guy named win baker who's responsible for giving me my, my television break and uh this was in philadelphia when i was 22 years old and i i re replaced herb cross and i was the new weekend television sportscaster on the news in the, on the weekend news shows so he brought me up he says look you you know you've uh young kid i'm going to give you a chance here he says and you know the, the name stockbiss is a dutch name it's a very popular about 75 stockbisses in the amsterdam phone book but he said you know um when you hear it you don't can't imagine how it's spelled so you can't identify it and uh, you know when you see it you don't know you know he said and in those days you could do that now it wouldn't matter he says, can you come up with, and I said, all right, Stockton. He said, fine. That's how fast okay. it was. So it didn't matter. You know, the problem wow. was in the news the next day, when I was doing the radio news, they used to be, they, they called me by the other name and they now would say, now here is Dick Stockton. I mean, Stockton, when they threw it to me. That's crazy. I, I mean, how, how on earth does Musburger 
get to keep his name and you have to change yours. It's so weird. Yeah, I may call Brent. Yeah, that's good. Good question. <laughs> Dick, we're going to let you go, but I will tell you this. I just found out recently that um, that you both... Maddie didn't like that question. Maddie wow. didn't like that one. Mad- Maddie yeah. wanted me to say something else. Maddie's in here listening to this. Okay. Is this bothering you on this podcast? No, it isn't, but I, I have to say that dog makes a very unusual sound. Well, I, when you, it, It's not a bark. You know, Greg, when you get to be 14, you're going to make sounds like that, you know? So. <laughs> He's there. Don't worry. <laughs> Dick, you, um, you, you, you play the piano and sing. Is that correct? Yes. I would love it if, if you could sing something for us. Okay, well, even if it's um, 10, 15 seconds. Okay, I, I, and I, I'd rather sing a cappella than, uh, than piano. You know, I play, I play, a, I have a grand piano at, at home, and my and Jamie, my wife, sits there while I play uh, old show music and standards, and I have a glass so she can put a tip in there. But after three hours, <laughs> I only see $1, so there's something wrong here. You know, I'm trying to get better. But anyway, when I first met her, I sang, What's it all about, Alfie? Is it just for the moment we live? What's it all about when you sort it out, Alfie? Are we meant to take more than we give? Or are we meant to be kind? And if only fools are kind, Alfie, then I guess it is wise to be cruel. And if life belongs only to those who wear out their time on a podcast, Alfie, what would you lend on an old golden rule? <laughs> it's not too bad. I'm on key. I know. <laughs> that was great, Dick. That, that was really enjoyable. I enjoyed that. I was and, on a plane I'll... once, Greg, and uh, <laughs> I was I was humming a song, and this woman next to me said, you know, you have perfect pitch. I said, thank you, but you don't really know, you know. Well, my sister is Cheryl Crow. I do know. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's what I that? said. Wow. That's impressive. Okay. Now, I love Cheryl Crow. Now we're going to get you out of here. Thank you so much for the amount of time you've given us, by the way. And I'm going to, we're going to end on the most probably ridiculous thing that we've done so far. It's been a dream of mine to have Dick Stockton do play by play of me making a bowl of cereal and taking a bite. Is there any way I could pour a bowl of cereal right now and you could just kind of like do the play by play of it as I'm doing it? What kind of cereal is it? Okay. Right, honey nut cereal. All right. All right. Here we go. All right, so it's uh, the end of a show right now, and uh, Chris is going to pour the Honey Nut Cheerios into the bowl. He gets about half of the bowl. He's got a spoon on the left side, and he's got Almond Breeze milk. He's going to pour it My wife made me do almond. Sorry, I'm interrupting. My wife made me go almond. Okay, well, you know, see, you interrupted my play-by-play. You must be a producer. Yeah, that's terrible. You must be a producer. And now the spoon is entering, and the first crunchy bite by Chris and he's on his way for a big day. Wow. What a day. You get Dick Stockton to have you call a cereal bite. Thank you so much, Dick. Oh, it must taste good. Thank you, guys. <laughs> this, has been, uh, this has been a real pleasure and a, a thrill to have you on. I wish uh, you all the happiness in retirement. Uh, you've earned it. And, and may you and Jamie have, have wonderful trips to Europe and all that stuff. And, uh, again, thanks very much. Uh, wonderful career. Thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me on, Greg. I've been a fan of yours for many, many years, and uh, it's fitting that I I could be on with you. Thank you very much. I got to tell you, though, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight knowing that I cut off Dick Stockton in the middle of that call. (laughs) And we had the discussion about it. He was flowing, and I just jumped in with my, oh, my wife is making, like, shut up, Chris. Yeah, 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 bad bad color man. Bad color man. You did well. You did great. (laughs) Ha <laughs>
Thanks. All right. Thanks again, Dick. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. I have to say, we recorded that Dick Stockton interview a couple days ago now, and I have not been able to sleep right since. I'm just... (laughs) Like was that as bad as I felt like it was? It was bad, right? Like yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. I got the Dick Stockton to do play by play of me eating a bowl of cereal, and I stepped all over him. Yeah, after he had just yeah. said during our conversation that the one thing that pisses him off is when yes. the color guy steps on his on his play by play. The worst I am. The worst. <laughs> it was it was both embarrassing for you and hilarious. I, I think it was great. It was a it was a great dismount to the conversation, along with him singing. That was an unexpected yes. delight as well. So uh, thanks, Dick Stockton. Yeah, and now on. we're going to welcome in uh, the YS, the younger son, <laughs> Michael Cody, with another installment of Greg Doesn't Know Movies. Yeah, I feel like you guys should have like clapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, all right. Like the there, best part. We should have like a song. Do you guys the have best a song part for this? of this is that normally we've done this with three zooms, but Michael and my dad are in the same zoom, literally draped over each other as they do this. Yeah, yeah I want you to cute. picture my dad yeah. sitting in a chair and my brother like hugging him from behind, the way a a panda yeah, would. We are. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's uncomfortably close, but I'm fully vaccinated, so we're, we're all good. Next to each other, going, "Hey, that kind of thing, <laughs> that kind of thing." All right. So if you haven't heard this segment before, my dad is terrible with movies. My brother hosts the segment, asks the questions. Let's do this. All right, Gregor, are you ready to not know what you're talking about? (laughs) I'm ready to give it a try. All right, here we go. The first question. What's the famous Matthew Broderick movie in which he skips school? Oh, Oh, gosh. I think I know that. That was a debate. whether I think I know it. It's Ferris Bueller's oh, Day Off. Wow. Damn it. Is that yes. correct? It's so great because at one point <clears throat> I, I, I thought about you, the idea of you knowing it. And then and then Chris just brought brings up like the true fact of like, well, he can get one every now and then. <laughs> is that is that the movie where one in one scene he's like sliding yes, yes, across the floor yes. in his underwear or something? Well, no. Well, you're thinking of risky business. Oh. He, no, no, no. He, he, that's the one, the one where he's like in the parade singing like... You know what? Shout. I think I was thinking of risky business because I was picturing that scene where he's like sliding across the floor in his underwear. Yeah, that's Tom Cruise. He brings a hooker over. Oh yeah, fun, okay. Fun yeah, stuff. we should. Yeah. Funny enough, I I messed up that answer, but yet got it right by luck. Well, at one point, <laughs> Ferris Bueller could be in his underwear. I mean, you... there you go. Hang on a thing. All right. Well, you got one right. But, Thank you. You know, I be- I believe that will be the only one. All right. Next question. In the first Space Jam movie with Michael Jordan, who is the famous beloved actor who joins the Toon Squad late in the final game? Oh gosh, I uh, I have zero idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever saw that. You're right. That was like half real and half cartoon, right? Uh, I have no <laughs> clue, but I'm gonna take a guess. I'm gonna take a guess. I'm gonna say Danny oh. DeVito. No. <laughs> that's not a bad guess only because he's in it he plays the bad guy his voice like, he plays the bad okay yeah so what's the right answer bill murray murray okay i never would have guessed that i love bill murray i want to try to get him on the podcast oh yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. next question name the saturday night live cast member who starred in the movie the king of staten island and also dated Ariana Grande and Kate Beckinsale. 
Grande, I've heard of. <laughs> um, the King of Staten Island? Who's the guy? I think I know who it is, but I can't come up with his name. Damn it. He's the guy who looks like that former Marlins player. I think the name oh. just came to me. Andy Samberg. That's <laughs> <laughs> not it. No? No. The name just came to me. The wrong name just came to me, apparently. <laughs> I thought no. sure that was it. Okay, the Marlins, the Marlins player is Christian Yelich. Okay. Does that help? No. <laughs> What's the name of the guy? Pete Davidson. That's who I was thinking of. <laughs> I could have sworn it was Sandberg. And I know SNL. <laughs> Love Davidson. That's so good. Okay, next question. Name the famous scary movie starring Bruce Willis in which Haley Joel Osment says, I see dead people. Um... <laughs> Wow. Okay, I know the, the 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 movie that immediately popped into my mind. I don't think is right. I, I was thinking of The Exorcist, <laughs> but I think this is a more yes. recent movie than that. He goes big fan of Willis too. I'm gonna. I I think that I think that's a trick question. So I'm, <laughs> my answer is going to be that the name of the movie is <laughs> I See Dead People. That's not right. No, it's not right. That's the best answer you can give, though. <laughs> and what is the answer? Bruce Willis? I think the answer is I see dead people. I mean, it's gonna I mean make honestly, movie. the answer is The Sixth Sense. No, I, I never, I've never heard of a movie called The Sixth Sense. What? It was pretty big at the time. It wasn't weird. big to me. Right. You were too busy, like, rappy cacking in your garage. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Now, here's one that me, the last, this is the last question. Uh-oh. Me and Chris had a heavy, heavily debated on this. He ain't heavy. He's my debate. So, the question is... Name two Matthew McConaughey movies. And the debate was, he thinks that we needed to put two. I think we needed to put one. <laughs> okay. Um, it doesn't count if I say True Detective. Wow. That was on TV. <laughs> Michael, Michael actually... No, I, I said, I was, I said okay. to Chris, I was, I was like, because he saw that, so he should okay. be able... Just, no, it doesn't count. Michael, Michael right. wanted, Michael wanted I to know allow him. that, by the way. So that would have counted if Michael had... That's a good point. See, that would have been one. The other thing I know him from is uh, that car commercial, Lincoln <laughs> Continental or whatever he pimps, where he's driving Dad, in a car. Can and, you, you name know. one movie? I'm trying. <laughs> Hang on. I think he was in one of those stoner movies, Pineapple <laughs> Express. Is that right? You are, oh, yes, God. you are right. He was in one of those stoner movies. It was not Pineapple Express. Damn it. He was in yeah. an older one. High school um, girls, they stay the same age. That, that's the, that, that's where his famous all right all right all right line oh really from. that's where he first all right said all that. right all right <laughs> no like, i don't i can't like, love mcconaughey i can't think of a movie of his what I is knew it? it told you what uh, are some of the famous Dazed ones? and confused oh that's what i was thinking of when i said pineapple Express. We know. damn it i should he, get a half a point for that he's been in uh i mean he just he, he just won the goddamn oscar like the other day for what? dallas buyers club like he you know like Oh, he probably right. okay. watched it when he did that. That's where he uh, lost like 70 pounds or something for that role, right? Or 50 pounds? Right. Why did you say it? Because I couldn't think of it. All right. That was fun. Uh, an abbreviated yet award-winning Greg Doesn't Know Movies. I think I got one right. Uh, yeah. One out of five. I batted 200 like Ray <laughs> Euler of the 1967 Detroit Tigers. All right. It's Mount Greg Moore time again. And uh, Michael's going to hang out with us for this episode as well because the, the category is Greatest Sitcom ensemble cast and and michael knows yeah. tv he knows him and, and TV, i'm just so. like and i'm just so tapped out on this segment that we had to bring michael in for some enthusiasm <laughs> 
That's right. Yeah, Christopher famously hates Mount Gregmore. We'll see how Michael feels about it. Um, first, our honorable mention. Here, I include a sitcom with a famous cast that would probably be on most everybody else's list, but I seldom watched it, never liked it, never got the popularity. Friends. <laughs> Why are they on your list if you don't like them? He goes, I know that the honorable mention means they just missed. Well, they, they, <laughs> they missed by a country mile. I'm not sure if they, they would have made my top. I never watched that so he, show. He goes, I hate it, but it's but it's the runner-up of my list, I feel Friends. Like, no, this I don't is know. the first time, though, I feel like you've given an honorable mention spot to, like, what society would say, as opposed to, like, this is Greg Cody's yes. Mount Gregmore. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, I'm a How I Met Your Mother guy, so... Uh, I don't I'm even think Friends, Friends should be on that list, and I liked Friends. Oh, good, okay. Now, number five. <laughs> Four words for you. Jerry, Elaine, George, Kramer... It's Seinfeld. That's six words. (laughs) Solid. They got to be on there, I think. Number four. Archie, Gloria, Edith, and the Meathead. Way ahead of its time, by the way, in groundbreaking social commentary. This show used comedy to deal with issues like race, war, gay, and women's rights. All in the family. Too old. Oh, the way Glenn Miller plays. Is that the is that the is that the show that where the where the wife is like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> yes Edith Bunker, that's right. Number three, Michael Scott, Pam and Jim, and of course Dwight Schrute. Love every day at the Dunder Mifflin Paper Company, The Office. Solid. My question is, did you look up the name of the paper company? <laughs> Knew it by heart. Seen the t-shirts? Wish I had one. Number two, Johnny and Moira, David and Alexis, the roses. Check into the Rosebud Motel and you never want to check out. It's Shit's Creek. Why do you say this? Like, we're at, like, you're announcing them as a wrestler. Like, there's a stark lineup. I'm like Michael Biamonte from The Heat. Like, at point, Johnny, David. I just love the, the way that I'm able to... Just blatantly say Shit's Creek and it gets by all the... <laughs> and the starting at point okay. guard. All right, and now my number one sitcom ensemble cast of all time. Larry and Sherry David, Jeff wow. and Susie Green, not to mention Richard Lewis and J.B. Smooth's Leon Black. It's coming back for an 11th season. Finally, curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> Leon Black. No, How about that? It's a great cast. I love Is it a curve. better cast really than Seinfeld? I think it's a better show than. Well, it's a rated. Like Curb is essentially a rated R Seinfeld. It, it, yeah, I mean it's the same. Larry like, David because it's the yeah. same idea of like like oh everything's tying in together. And, you it, know. Yeah, it's a show about nothing. They're they're Larry David creations and it's fantastic. So there you have it. Check back for another Mount Gregmore next week. Why? Because you never know what the topic might be. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Uh, another award-winning show, and um, thank you where especially. Are, where are all these awards you talk about every episode? They don't exist. Yeah, well, they're, st- they're stacked up. They're like gold records in my den. You know, I'll, I'll show you all the awards that the Greg Cody Show has received in some future episode. But for now, we want to we want to thank the great broadcaster Dick Stockton for hopping by the podcast today. He was terrific. Love his voice, by the way. And um, thank you all, Pod Family. For joining us again, uh, we appreciate your support. Please listen, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff every week. Uh, thanks so much for the support. Catch us Mondays on SiriusXM channel 145 from 5 to 6 p.m. And we'll see you right back here next week. 
I can't lie, you've now created the visual in my mind of Dick Stockton hopping around like a bunny. <laughs> <laughs>